So this is a to, to the tune of Dragula. <laughs> Jaguate. <laughs> Thank okay, you. Okay. Okay. Hello, everybody. This is season three, episode two of Watch and Talk, and this week we watch an episode called Manchester, Manchester Part, Part One of Two. Before we get into the episode, I have a little piece of feedback from a listener. William, last name withheld. They've been listening to Catching Up on the show. They're on um, season two, episode eight. So you should all be re-repeating this. So as soon as you finish, just go back to the beginning and start over again. You'll um, notice a lot of things that you may not have noticed the first time around. It's the Thanksgiving episode where Charlie gets the knives. And Aww. he did some research on some Paul Revere made items and mm. what they retail value is. Huh. So... There were two silver wine cups made by Paul Revere that went for auction in 2011, and they sold for $752,000. Wow. So you got to imagine a knife is a higher-end thing than a wine cup, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you it was could a whole really... knife set, too. Was it? Yeah, wasn't it? I think it was one knife. It was like oh. a really nice like. Oh, you're right, knife. you're right. But you're it, right. that's like a showpiece, though. Like, yes. Whereas like two wine cups isn't the most interesting thing. You make a lot, a lot of use out of the wine glasses. So uh, he's a knife set owned by a sitting president's family for hundreds of years would certainly be right. worth more. Totally. Um, if uh, it's possible, it's possible, I would say probably even likely, the president gave Charlie a seven-figure gift. Damn. Which is pretty good. Um, so Charlie's got to declare that on his taxes, wow. yeah? Yeah, and it's a, that won't be problematic in terms of bribing him for his uh, silence. Yeah. testimony. <laughs> um, yeah, better and, get a lawyer. And then he, actually, he sent along a list of uh, Sotheby's auction items for Paul Revere. Wow, uh, I things. love our listeners. So uh, I will put great. that in the show notes, and you can check it out. But uh, thanks a lot to William for writing yeah. it. Um, my mother wrote in via phone to me, and she said that she was really appalled by the peanut butter situation mm. and mm. <laughs> um, felt really bad for me and that peanut butter was my own terrorism and that you shouldn't have done that to me. <laughs> so so she continued to enable her daughter to you know, not enjoy this thing that everyone else She also enjoys. was triggered. And she's pro-peanut butter. She's pro-peanut butter, but she's triggered by her own uh, story of her uh, brush with death and peanut butter. <laughs> so that's all. Okay. Previously on was Haiti, spoken by Sam. It was about Haiti. It was about Miss Lanningham being dead. And it was about the MS announcement and the press conference that they left as a cliffhanger last year. Oh, right. This plot line. Yeah. So I remember this. This is we're back to <laughs> canon West. Wing. Yeah. So we get into the episode. It is the press conference that was the cliffhanger um, from the season finale of last year. Um, it, it's basically we see the same scene over again, just like from like a couple different angles. Some of the same shots are reused. Again, we are reminded that we, this White House thinks it is a good idea to appoint three special prosecutors uh, appointed by the opposition party. A list of three prosecutors is given to a three-judge panel. The prosecutors, as well as the judges, were all appointed by Republican presidents. I'm, I'm looking forward to Bartlett's Twitter rants about this being a witch hunt because oh, they're all Republicans. Uh, they ask about congressional hearings, and CJ declines to answer a hypothetical. And then our, our little wet president comes in. Really bad <laughs> look to be at a press conference, like, soaking wet. He's all wet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everybody's wet in the first half of this episode. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of funny. Remember last time we talked to, like, so I'm, I'm missing the dire straits in this scene. Because mm. it's silent, it's awkward, yeah. and it could be. That is what's missing. I didn't realize it. It could be a little more 
groovy. So we talked about this last time of like it would have it would have set like the scene would have like had much more weight if it was like quiet and like the awkward silence had sat there. Yeah, no way. And, and we get that version of that <laughs> in this episode because they replay it was the weightless. Same scene. Um, so but also you've seen it, you know it's coming. So. Well, no, we don't know what his answer was. He didn't. Oh, he didn't like, answer in the last one. So he, he he gets the question about will you run for a second term, and he has an answer. He says yeah. Well, he waits for a really long time. Can you tell us right now if you'll be seeking a second term? Yeah. And I'm going to win. And he says, yeah, and I'm going to win. Well, he puts his hands in his pockets, reveals his Looks little away. tush yeah. from the back, <laughs> <laughs> and then says, yes. That's he, my he goes move, like, too. He's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. What do you think? We're going to win it. So do you guys like the, like the confidence of, yeah, I'm going to win? You think that plays well? No. I just don't think any Democrat would actually say this like that they're always too timid yeah he, he this is and i hope r- i can re-earn the trust of the yeah. american people <laughs> yes exactly like this is basically like the uh howard dean yeah <laughs> <laughs> so then so as he says that they they cross fade and cj is sitting in a car on the tarmac of Andrews Air Force Base. Uh, we see that Air Force One is about to take off, it looks like. And we get a sub a title card that says four weeks later. So this is a flash forward um, to after the events of the previous season. Okay, so I got to say, I am very confused by this episode's timeline. Oh my gosh, yeah. It was so hard to keep track well, of they don't. They, they stopped putting title cards up. It's by location. They stopped putting title cards up. Everything, yes. every, other than this first scene, yes. everything in the plane in Washington is in the future. Everything in Washington is right. back. And, and now the, the night I kind of get that day. after watching it twice. Yeah. But so, I, was, was I, I was confused. Yeah, they could have once or twice in the switching added a title card on the, like just a, yeah. a little I mean, title. maybe some of the smarties are going to get it, but... Give us some clues for those idiots. There, there was uh, like you know. uh, a little news report the first time they flash back again. And the rain too. There's the wet it's boys. Raining. They're all wet. Yeah. It, but it's still it's still too yeah, much. I call it the wet timeline and the yeah, dry the wet, timeline. Wet, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we get a quick uh, pop in from new character Ron Silver, R.I.P., who I think he died last year. Um, great character actor. He's in a bunch of good stuff. Um, oh, no. And- I just met him. Really? In this episode. Oh, yeah. There's a quick scene on the tarmac walking up to the plane of CJ and one of the reporters. He's like one of the recurring reporters uh, talking about this drug, RU486. I am. <laughs> Which is a real thing, it turns out. It is called, the, the street name for it is called Mifpristone. This is the day after pill? It's Or a precursor um, to the day after no, pill. It's, it's up like- to... Two weeks or up to se- seven weeks, I think. Yeah, it was like fifty something days. 50, fifty days of pregnancy. Ninety-five percent oh. effective during the fi- first fifty days of pregnancy. Yeah. Um. Shout out to Ireland for legalizing or setting the groundwork to legalize right. unbanning abortion. Right, but it's still illegal. Yeah, yeah. It, they, they will, have to do. They have to do some legislative action. Now. They'll get it going. It's out of the constitution. They're gonna now. get it going. The reason this is coming up is that there is an FDA approval announcement planned for the same day as the president's big speech, which is going to be like kind of a running theme of this episode. They're concerned that it's going to kind of step on the news cycle and it's going to 
conflict with the messaging that they want and it's going to com- you know compete for headlines and paper space so that sets up a whole thing like everybody's concerned about this whole episode there's Josh, a little subplot that's just hanging over the whole and they episode. yeah they think maybe they might need to cancel the speech uh Josh comes in, and that's kind of what they talk about. And Josh also brings up that there's these new people on the staff. There are now seven different drafts of the speech. Yeah. The president likes none of them. Toby and Doug can't get together. Sam and Doug can't get together. Leo and Bruno can't get together. It kind of sets up that most of this episode is just going to be about, like, positioning themselves for this speech and preparing for this speech, as if, like, a speech is, like, the defining thing of a campaign right. or okay. anything. So this is a speech four weeks later. Yeah, a month later. Right, okay. What this, do they, everybody knows he's running again. So this is like the announcement speech announcement for his campaign yeah. or like the kickoff event for his campaign. But he's already been running for a month. Yeah, it, they it already seems know like an inconsequential. he's the president. What's the speech? Okay. All right. It's him saying a bunch of flowery stuff that yeah. Sam and Toby say later. It's, you know, our challenges are great, but our will is greater. And like everybody's like, you're, you're a genius. There's also <laughs> another like sort of storyline to that in the episode that over the past four weeks, they've been educating the country about what MS really is so that they can, are better able to like receive this information and not maybe accept an apology once they understand it. And it's just so funny that they think that the country would learn this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. I just can't believe that. When did this episode essentially take place? In the, in the 90s, 90s? And now we're at or MS-13. It's been that many MS. Sorry. We could cut that. (laughs) Um, Josh also brings up another concern about the kind of optics of this rollout, that the first lady isn't getting on the plane with the president, and it kind of hints at some some trouble in the, the Bartlett house. So there's a quick scene with CJ and this new character, Doug, who is played by Evan Handler, who you might recognize from Sex in the City. Classic Sex uh-huh. in the City. Speaking dude. of Sex in the City, get out there and vote Miranda. Hell yeah. yeah. We need some change in this state. Um, <laughs> oh. I thought this was funny because I wrote Harry from Sex in the City because I don't, but I wonder if there's like people who only know this guy from the West Wing. No, nobody does. I knew he was the Sex in the City guy. But you also hadn't seen the West Wing. Before. That's true. I looked I, up his IMDb page. He I has some other one. interesting roles. He played Lloyd Blankfein, the. Oh. He, yeah, he looks like him. The who? guy from. Uh, Goldman Sachs, like the chairman or whatever, oh, in, yeah. a, in some biopic. He played Larry from the Three Stooges in a biopic about the Three yeah, Stooges. Yeah, it looks wow. like him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he played in the uh, the OJ show. The This the, guy's the, got chops. The one on the... The, the, the people uh, versus... Yeah, yeah, the like, dr- yeah. dramatized version. He played Alan Dershowitz. I don't, we watched Which that. Which is amazing. See that, yeah. Whoa, was he Dersh? I don't remember him. Definitely it. some wig work must have been he in order. <laughs> looks like a lot of Larry. people. Because he's a very smooth man otherwise. <laughs> totally. Um, there's a whole story about that in Sex and the City too. But I was wondering <laughs> if like this was like somehow some people know Kyle McLaughlin from Sex and the City and then some people realize he had like Twin a Peaks. whole career before that. Yeah, doing like everything with David Lynch and stuff. So this is, but I only know him from Sex and the hey, City. Hey actors, don't get typecast. Yeah. You get one role, quit it. Do more. Good Do more than him, one. though, for not getting typecast as just like a bald man. Yeah. You know? Oh, did he have hair? <laughs> well, well, he wears wigs sometimes. Yeah. Nice. Presumably. Yeah. Or he takes off the bald cap. <laughs> you guys don't know. They set up this character, Doug's entire thrust of being on the show, which is he and Toby do not get along. <laughs> and that's like basically every single scene with him is, how come Toby doesn't like me? Toby doesn't like me. Him I'm sure there's Toby. some sort of backstory there. Well, Toby doesn't like anyone. 
Yeah, he especially that's, doesn't that's like this guy. So, um, and then we also meet this character, Connie, who is Connie Britton, who is a personal favorite of mine. She's Coach's wife from Friday Night Lights. Uh, she's amazing. Uh, and she's been Wait, in... that's her name. This is also not her first political role. She was on Spin City. Do you remember that show? About sure. the New York mayor? Was she? Well, yeah. Who is she? Who are we talking about? Connie what character? Britton, she's like redhead. the redheaded lady. She's talking to CJ on the plane. Uh, what, what is what is her role in this? Uh... So these are like three consultants. They all work for Bruno. The uh, okay, she's with guy. she's with Bruno. Yeah, so they're yeah. kind of the campaign staff right, that right. they bring in, and yeah. they're kind of like an analog or a parallel power structure to the White House staff. So there's this guy Bruno, who is the Ron Silver character. He's like the leader. He's the Leo equivalent. Uh, there is Doug, who is the guy we just talked about, who is the Toby equivalent. He's kind of like the messaging guy. And then there's Connie, who is like the normal one in the group. She's the one with the M&Ms. The place has a communication center, a conference room, an operating room, offices, and an apartment. This is a nice ride. Yeah. Anybody asks, the speech is done. They're just putting the finishing touches on. Yeah. Thank you. M&Ms with the seal of the president. She's very mm -hmm. taken in by the trappings of the, the office. She's new. So what I don't understand is they didn't use these people the first time they ran for no. office. So is the reason they're using them the second time because the main senior staff still has to like run the well, country? Well, they mentioned that. It's so. the sequel. You always need to ramp it up for the sequel. <laughs> yeah. So it's part, yeah, it's definitely because it's new season. So like let's get some new characters, fresh blood in the show. But they mention um, in a scene later that it's because... The president's poll numbers were low after the MS announcement, and they haven't been going up. So they brought in these people to consult on hoping to work on that problem. CJ's walking through the cabin. Like, the press is asking about getting an advanced copy of the speech. CJ, when do we see an advance? Very soon. They're dying the eyes and crossing the T's. And then Sam comes out yelling. We're starting all over again with a white piece of paper. I love to uh, exit a room and angrily throw a bunch of papers into the air. It's a good move, power move. <laughs> yeah. And then the flight takes off, and there's like a thing about how it's going to be a smooth flight, and CJ wistfully laughs to herself because it may not be a smooth flight. What? Actually, the flight goes really smooth. Yeah, it's There's fine. nothing really happens on the flight. Great, great flight. And then we flash back. Uh, so this is what we were saying. There's like... Is it clear that we flash back, though? Or there's a thing on the TV. Yeah. And I'm going to wait. That announcement coming about 15 minutes ago. So they kind of set the timeline there. There's no card. There's no title card. Um, they cut up to the residence. The president walks into his bedroom. The first lady's there in that little seating area they have, and she's pretty wine drunk. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Eric. <laughs> she is. She's like swilling a drink and yelling at him. You missed it. It was incredible. Look. All over the news. This crazy man got in front of millions of people and totally screwed his wife. He talks about, he's like, I got a lot to say, but sorry, baby, I got this hate you. Know shit. busy, babe. <laughs> Look, I have a lot to say. Go ahead. What? Say what you have to say. No, I have to go down. They're going to brief me on an evacuation plan for Haiti. This always happens. Every time they're about to get into a fight, he's like, sorry, situation. President room. shit. You know yeah. how it is, girl. <laughs> been like, first Haiti, then lovey. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't they call it lovey? <laughs> you I should campaign for I campaign for that. <laughs> of yeah. Haiti. But, like, she... It sort of has like a, when she's mad, like has a quiet, stern anger usually. And then when she erupts, it's like very terrifying, I think. Yeah, she doesn't really erupt in this scene. No. Because he's like, like I, he's like, I got happen. a lot of stuff to say. And she's like, say it. It's simmering. <laughs> yeah. What do you got? She's simmering. Yeah. And she's like, no, I won't be awake when you're finished. We'll talk about this 
another time. You gonna be up later? Am I usually up at three or four in the morning? Not usually. Then let's assume I won't be tonight. On right. my time. She's super Part pissed two. off. Um, then they cut down I can't to wait. A, a wet Josh and Donna, and Donna's like super hyped. Have you ever seen anything like this? No. I'm pumped. Me too. I'm monumentally pumped. Everybody's excited, because they, but they are at the same time like kind of panic working because they were under the impression at the end of last season that he was not going to be running again, which was the decision that Leo had told them. And so they have to kind of rewrite all the messaging and change the schedule around. They have to coordinate who's going to be on TV. They want to get Oliver Babish out into a press conference. And I need Oliver Babish. You want to put him in that briefing room? Send a message when I worry about the legal side. They're all weird. What do you mean? Well, they're excited, but they're not normal. They're, they're all being like really weird. Yeah. I mean, they've had a, up a lot of ups and downs in yeah. this like 24 hours yeah because remember this is like minutes after the previous season so like they've already been at the end of like a 48 hour day and now they have to like kind of ramp it up again and like go on make public appearances and stuff they seem like amped though like really amped. adrenaline yeah like because i guess they didn't know until this point that he was definitely gonna run again and now they're like super they excited. thought he they thought explicitly he was not going to run yeah again. yeah they didn't they didn't even think it was an option right so they're like very excited but also uh a little a little on the edge of being angry about everything too yeah we'll find out the president and the oval office is the next scene and the the boys come in president makes a little joke what do you guys think the news is going to lead with tomorrow sir and i i seem to think that only sam laughed at the joke Leo pulls the president away to actually go talk about Haiti and they cut down to the situation room. So they're talking about the operation to like get the people out of Haiti because the embassy is being raided. And they call is it, this new? Is this Was this going on before? I'm sorry. The Haiti thing was definitely, okay. yeah. Uh, I, I, so the there was a democratic election and okay. the like, got, the military right. like overthrew and like tra- was going to arrest the guy who got elected and they brought him into the embassy, the U.S. embassy to protect him. Okay, so this is all cliffhanger I mean, it wasn't, it was an ongoing storyline. Yeah. I don't think they left it as really like a cliffhanger in terms of, it, it never had that much stakes. It was, the way we kind of described it before was like, it was, it was just there to show how busy the president is right. and like okay. make it appear that he has some stuff going on. Because we just jump into this crisis. Yeah. And they call it Operation Swift Fury. And I'm thinking, what is this? A rescue operation or description of me in the bedroom? Hey. hey. <laughs> Bathroom, you said? <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely not swift. <laughs> operation, are you okay in there, Fury? <laughs> <laughs> like a slow a slow fury maybe mm-hmm. there's a bunch of military bullshit about like kind of what the hardware they're using for this operation is they got some hueys <laughs> they uh they got all kinds of shit going on i don't know they could have just totally made all that up for all i care um <laughs> and- Hueys, dewey and louise also <laughs> yeah two hueys <laughs> one dewey then they say it's co- operation code word paris what yeah. does that mean what is code word? Is that just like a... That means a it's la- not actually Paris. A label for the operation, or is it like the, the go word? I think that it's like a go no, the, word, isn't it? Uh, it, What is it? Like it's code, a code word, for the operation. So this operation is code word Paris. I thought it was Operation Swift Fury. 
Well, they can't. Also, they can't say that, so it needs to be like a code word for the operation. So the Swift. So then, oh, so Swift Fury's code word is just Paris. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think. think it, I think it I is know. just a, a short label. You know what they call a Swift Fury in uh, France? Le Paris. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you're like okay, like are you ready for? The Paris, and then you like wink really hard. Yeah, at the you have person. to. You're like Paris. You're like, I'm winking. Yeah. You can't see it, but I'm winking, and it looks bad. So they're gonna do the do the thing, get the people out of there, and as the president's walking out, Nancy McNally, Mr. President, leads a big round of applause for the president. Just on on account of him being the president, like St- the, still running again for president, she which says, doesn't really make any sense. Kind of so non-partisan. Yeah, unbiased yeah. about this stuff. Mr. Yeah. President. But I was watching this. Thank you for being a friend. And I was like, I get it. Like, he's pretty great, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, uh, Leo in that scene, in that particular moment, is very funny to me. Because, like, he's, like, kind of the last one to join in. And oh. it's like, he's like, I got to I gotta do this. But, I like, felt like oh, he we're was doing like, this? We're doing this? I think, yeah, I think this Nancy, is good. This think, is right. Yeah, I think Nancy uh, led the... Oh, yeah. No, she totally did. But the only thing is, this makes me... Like, th- feel a little disappointed. Like, this very rarely happens for me. <laughs> that you're disappointed? Braden Sims, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Thank you. Please, Elise. <laughs> um, you're not giving me... Uh, uh, okay, thank you. Don't Leo I'm, this. I'm the Leo. I'm the Leo. I just think, like, I'd like to see a little bit more of that. <laughs> oh, applauding? Yeah. For you? Yeah. Okay. When was the last time you all got applauded? Yeah. See? You can't um, remember. And that's part of the culture. Week. I mean, my cats applaud me every day. You just can't hear it. <laughs> I, I gave an interview to a, a, a media outlet for work, and the the lobbyist and the PR person that were in my office with me when I gave this phone interview applauded afterwards. Excellent. <laughs> wow. That's corrupt. I gave a presentation yeah. at work, some stuff I did oh, in front of the whole company, nice. and they all applauded, and hey. it was excellent. Yeah. It's a great feeling. Try That's to get applauded great. When more. did that happen? Couple months ago. Hey, I'd never heard about that. I'm gonna applaud you <laughs> now, Eric. Ladies, yeah. that's really that's that's wonderful. I feel good about this. Yeah. Thanks for I, sharing. I have that. to update my story. Now. Well, you know, this is the last time I got applauded. At work, we do this thing where um, there's like people can put in almost like a snaps, you know, like good, like to call attention to a good thing people are you, did. Are you a East Village Cafe yeah, in 1961? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like a sorority. You pass the bucket around. <laughs> um, but so like. So I, there's a meeting that is weekly where they announce these things in it, and I I never go to the meeting because I don't care about it. And but you probably got some. Snaps. No, but I have like multiple times. So then one time I had to go to the meeting because someone who put in like a congratulatory thing for me. Was you like, got you snapped need to go today because like it calls attention to the fact that I'm not there. Yeah, if you're getting snapped, you have to be there. And they people like you know are like yeah. You know, it just felt very disingenuous. <laughs> so I was, I, I think that. Do you not count it? I don't, it didn't mm. feel like a, like, you know, a good applause. Like people actually That's unfortunate. Cared, you know? I could see why it you would like have a negative. It was like a forced one. Yeah, I could see why you wouldn't. Like how Leo felt in this scene is probably how everyone in that room felt. Where they're yeah. like, oh, I guess oh, we're, okay, guess we're doing okay, this, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking for that big, genuine applause still. All right, you hear that, folks? Yeah. Next time you see her, <laughs> has to be at least two of you, though. Yeah. One person clapping for you. you could, yeah. I bring, mean, yeah, bring if a one friend. person, Jason, can just clap for me all the time. I always am. Yeah. 
So we flash forward, and then this is where we really get introduced to Bruno. So we saw him for a split second earlier, and they introduce him by showing that he does not remember Margaret's name. Hey, redheaded girl. Margaret. Okay, uh, I need to see him. Oh, Nor care. Oh, this is like so <laughs> shitty, and but Margaret handles herself pretty well. Yeah. He says like, "Hey, fire toots." <laughs> Is that? She's like, it's Margaret. But he effectively says, like, why do you think I even care in any way what your name is? Did she get a haircut? (laughs) I think so. She's got a fresh bob, I think. A fresh bob. It's a little bob. Oh. It's the haircut. Okay. Right. So she's had longer (laughs) hair before, right? I don't. I think it was longer, but it's it was like shoulder it length wasn't recently, as fresh. but now it's like chin length. Right. It's very She looks it's, great though. It's stark though now. Yeah, yeah. It calls attention to itself. It's very modern looking. I would have remembered her name. Yeah. She can pull it off though. So he talks to Leo, Bruno does, and Leo is upset that this draft speech that Doug had written has an apology, which they explicitly want to avoid doing. The purpose of this draft is to demonstrate that an apology can work. He's not going to apologize. Why not? Because it's his official campaign announcement and not Oprah Winfrey. Doing Oprah wouldn't kill him. I honestly believe it might. And then they give a quick recap of the past four weeks. Four weeks he has made a full disclosure of his health. He has educated the public about MS. He has done this every day. In four weeks he has saved Haiti for democracy, funded the Justice Department's tobacco lawsuit, watched the market. He has done everything but apologize. So two things. One is that they walk from like what is an, a room that Leo is like using as a, as an office and working in to another room for <laughs> Leo to, his backup office. to work in, which <laughs> has the president's like seal on it, which makes me think it's like a president's office. Well, the, is the president already up in? I think. Yeah. So, but I was like, that's really silly. He's walking essentially from like an office to another but office. Why, how would the president get there without Air Force One? Or do they let Air Force One like lap back? Oh, and maybe pick him it up? laps. Yeah. With the press corps and everything. Yeah. Um, but then I was they have like, to bring the whole circus up there. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I, I never really pay attention to like where they're walking unless it's like a crucial part of the scene mm-hmm. when they do a, a big walk and talk. But this is a time where I was like, this is a stupid walk and talk. Because he was already in his office. Yeah. Like, close the door. We'll so have this I'm going to try from now on to pay more attention to where they're walking and whether <laughs> it makes sense or not. And then the other thing was, I was wondering, do you guys think, not necessarily like morally, but politically, that the president should apologize or not? Morally or politically? Politically. Morally, I don't think so. But like, would it I don't help know. Him I guess you have to think, like, him? how would the media treat a president who, ha- who was lying, who was trying to do a lie? Really badly. I think that. Maybe not. Hmm. Really? Maybe oh, not. Oh, right. Yeah, I know. Or would- <laughs> I or, think, or would they say he, uh, you know, mis- misrepresented, misconstrued, uh, yeah, yeah, factually, untruth, <laughs> or what yeah. was the word they were saying? A uh, uh, falsehood. Falsehood. Yeah. He falsehooded. Yeah. I mean, morally, he should. Politically, he shouldn't. Morally, it's immoral to apologize. But I feel like. But it, I feel like politically, it like it's easy to imagine. Like I don't know, Obama, like having a really nice apology about something, but not like what w- uh, leaning into it so much, but just like acknowledging that. Do you remember I th- when I he apologized and everyone called it the apology tour? Oh, you mean the apology tour when he went on the tour around to apologize? Yeah. Yeah, I 
freaking remember that, and I'm Le- still leading ashamed. From the back. Right, leading about, the, yeah. from from uh, behind. Right, maybe I, not I think the- it matters <laughs> um, what the scale of the infraction is. Yeah, because if it's because I think the the Hillary email thing yeah. is like a good example of like why she, doesn't President Clinton apologize? If she, she would have like gotten out early on that and said like you know, we screwed up. I'm sorry we did that. And like Mm -hmm. been kind of like willing to answer questions and forthright about it. I don't think it would have dogged her as much as it did over time. Yeah. But if like the act of admitting fault is itself a like politically fatal thing. And like, so the, so saying you're sorry is going to create more political problems potentially. Then maybe it is a good idea to kind of like deny and like triangulate and keep like, you know, this isn't really what happened, et cetera. But I think if they're like admitting fault, just like saying that and getting people to stop demanding that yeah. you do it is probably a good idea. That's what I'm thinking. Let, let me make a disturbing confession. I'm almost at the point where I'm losing track of all the scandals that are going on right now with this administration. Like there are so many, there are so many lies. It's all just such the Clinton nonsense. administration. <laughs> yeah, no, the, spy the, uh, gate the current, and, uh... yeah, the, the Trump administration, <laughs> right? Spygate, especially. I'm not even following. Spygate. I know that he said Spygate, <laughs> um, but aside from it's, that, it's like bigger I, than Watergate, I refuse to delve in. And I uh, and they tapped um, his phones. <laughs> yeah. So I think that strategy is of his is working. How come using the word "gate" to add on to something? It's from the Watergate. I know, but the, it was the name of the location. It makes no sense. It doesn't make any all. sense. Well, they yeah. tried it with the water in front of everything. But that's, else. that's like bridge actually gate. white water. That's like water, a perfect yeah, water, water. example. It doesn't work. It's a perfect example of why you shouldn't apologize because the public is just too stupid. Yeah. They don't even you like you can't <laughs> even be like this is a fuck up. You have to call it a gate. Yeah, I'm sorry, I gated. Can't even get people's attention unless you call it a gate. Yeah, the water situation in Flint, Michigan. Watergate. You have to Ooh. you have to say a thing that rhymes Doesn't work. with the the, the most well known scandal. Yeah, I feel like there's been bigger scandals since then, though. No, that was a pretty big one. That you don't think big. it caused the president to resign? Yeah, but know. every scandal since has been bigger than that one. Yeah. I mean, you're. You, I wouldn't say there's been a bigger scandal in terms of outcome, but you're right that presidents have done much more corrupt things. Yeah. Way more. I mean, even Nixon did something way more corrupt than that, which was interfering in the attempts by the Johnson administration to, to end the Vietnam War. Well, there you go. I think... He didn't get in trouble for that. It was basically treason. Huh. Yeah. And like that? everything that's going on now is a bigger scandal than that, I think. Next scene, CJ and Josh. Um, and they, all they talk about is how the word yeast is fun to say. What are they talking about back there? Leon Bruno? Yeah. A lack of yeast in our numbers. <sighs> yeast is a fun word to say. Our numbers are less than yeasty. They are. Basically, the Bartlett presidency has a yeast infection. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, it's all just a joke that their poll numbers aren't rising. Rising, yeah. Yeah. Right. Eric, you're a bread boy. Can you speak to this anymore? Um, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I use a little bit of active yeast every once in a while, but I prefer natural yeast as like a mm. sourdough. Mm. But you what still is get the some difference? rise. So active yeast is like the stuff you buy in like the packets or the little jar. Yeah. And that's like, you put that in and that's how you make kind of like a white bread. Mm-hmm. But a sourdough is you put 
flour and water in like equal proportions by weight and like you let it sit and then you like pour a little bit out and add, add the same amount and do that like over and over and over again and you get like you get there's not there's yeast all around us we're are surrounded by yeast <laughs> uh, so this kind of like collects the yeast like the like, bacteria yeah yeah and so you like kind of make your own yeast wow so are you and like you use that instead of the stuff that's in the packet so once you have like a good sourdough starter you don't need active yeast is yeast just like a healthy botulism sure the healthy botulism <laughs> yeast <laughs> oh this week's should, episode is brought to you by yeast yeast, yeast <laughs> lobby you can run the, run the that. healthy botulism <laughs> they flash forward again and this is a wait they flash back again and nobody knows they're flashing yeah, they're, they flash I need around a title card like in the middle somewhere <laughs> just to remind me where i am what's going on and we have the brain trust down in the mess or something like that and they really want to do some more polls we need a new poll on the field right now yes i'll tell you why because the first one was bogus totally bogus and i'll tell you why 1170 voters in one industrial state isn't representative of a whole country plus people respond differently to voting out a governor versus a president we need to put another poll in the field right now thank you all for coming around to the self-evident point i made five minutes ago joey comes in she got stuck in the rain too so she's so soaked uh she oh, she's wet how, how she got left <laughs> My ride left without me. Mine too. I got a ride with Larry and Ed. Yes. Didn't you see me jumping up and down, waving my arms in the air? I just thought you were happy. Me too. You're an idiot. Josh calls her Joe. Which yeah, is kinda, that's cute. Yeah, a little cute yeah. little nickname. Yeah. And then he says, "We're there with you. We need to do another poll." Do you get an, any airy? No, I get an airy. Air. I, get, I get some e's. Air. I get a lot of e's. Air. R R. Air. No, nobody's ever called me that. All right. <laughs> air. You and can't really shorten air. No, I'm going to do air. Josh says, put air. the pole What's on up, the air? field. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't work. All right. So Josh says, sorry, air. Put the pole in the field. And then Joey gives like her sassiest little runway look at Josh when he says that. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but she gives him a real fashion look. And I, I kind of think. A fashion look. Yeah, like a. <laughs> Like da- like, like dagger eyes. We're you know? in like the early nineties talking about fashion. Like a <laughs> like, sachet, like, like a zoolander like a, look. Ooh. Yeah. Um and I, I kinda think that maybe it's like a something that they say in their like intimate times. Oh. Joey, put the pole in the field. Mm. And then she's like, Is that No, the real pole. Wow. Wait, that pole or this pole? That's- she also calls him an idiot, I think, twice or more in this episode. <laughs> it was that the waving the hand. He yeah. thought she was oh. waving her hand. She's like, you're an idiot. And right. they're like, wait, me or Larry? It was Larry, right? They're both so there. they would have had to bring Joey and Kenny. So three people would have had to go oh, in the back. Oh, Kenny's always got to come along, huh? Yeah. So who's in the back in that situation? The back seat. Kenny's sitting bitch. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> Joey. has got to be there. <laughs> okay, so when that, they flash forward again, it's Josh and donna outside of this bar and donna is excited about this for are you 486 drug and the fda is approving it yes hallelujah i think you're thinking that somehow this pill means more sex for you no i'm thinking it's a terrific medical advancement for women you didn't think i'd be for it of course you're for it i'm for it the president's for it everybody's for it just not on monday um then they're at this like kind of cool looking dive bar it seems like a place i would hang out they got they got french fries they got this pool. is like the white house bar it's it's the it's probably the bar in town yeah well yeah. that everybody goes to. there's only one bar. wait this is the loud bar 
that they go to? No, this is in Manchester. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's I was going to say it's not in D.C. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. uh, Toby comes in and the bartender's like, Toby Ziegler, what did you bring me? And he's like, I brought you something from Air Force One. M&M's. Yeah. So Dave orders a real frou-frou drink. Martini up or something like oh, that. Which he That's not the environment order. Doesn't he say like absolute? Yeah, absolute martini. Is a teeny uh, frou-frou? At that kind of place, I think so. Yeah. It a comes in bit. the little glass. You hold yeah. it like your pinky goes anything, out. Anything with a stem and a dive bar is going yeah. to mark you as an outsider. But a martini sort of maybe a good thing to... I mean, I'm not a martini purist, but if you're not, that's just it's just like alcohol in a fun yeah. glass. So that might be a good thing to order if you're going to order spirits in a dive bar. No, that's a good like uh, campaign operative drink, I feel and like. And then Toby orders a... a three to four finger gigantic like drinking glass full of whiskey (laughs) well i think he just he orders a she says whiskey and she just knows like this guy needs a lot of whiskey yeah he looks like he needs a lot of whiskey can we talk about how when people order martinis like they're like drunk after they drink that most people are drunk after one martini what just because it's like three ounces of alcohol yeah because it's so much but no one admits it like no No, one i I know who Mm, you never admit when you're drunk. But that's like a running gag that we have. You know when I say yes. no. But like drunk. everyone I know, okay, so except for Jason who drinks martinis, they never admit that they're drunk after a while. Just admit it, guys. It's so funny. It's yeah. like you're obviously drunk. Um, I don't understand. Like, is this a continuation of the product placement from the first season for that alcohol was brands? Doers. Doers, yeah. This was uh, Did Doers Jameson drop them? Or? I think he said Jack. Oh, Jack Daniels. Yeah. yeah. An absolute. Yeah. He said an absolute martini? Yeah. I think that's more of... Um, Maybe he was like, I absolutely a want a martini. I think it's Aaron Sorkin's <laughs> thing about like... It's what they did with the polling thing too. Like everybody's always like, oh yeah, 1,180 people is not a good sample. Instead of just saying like 1,000 people or something like specificity like denotes realism or something. And Maybe. it's like uh, builds on the character more. It just there feels have a specific... awkward. Like, I, I, I'd like that mid shelf vodka, please. It is weird when it's like ordering not a good Jack one. straight is not a good whiskey order. But, in the, but no. that's a very no. '90s move. And absolute was huge in the '90s. Yeah, but but only because we saw a lot of television ads. There were many ads, not necessarily. I we also were think it, in our teens drinking at bars with people. Yeah. Uh, with a lower sort of tier liquor, it, it indicates more of like a blue collarness. A well martini, place. yeah. <laughs> like a well, like no blue collar is like I will take the least expensive well, booze, or just more down to earth. Like Leo would yeah. order something very fancy and specific, but Toby is like a little more gruff and wouldn't. That's what I think. Toby should have ordered a pickleback. Toby doesn't have time for the pickle juice. He would order a pickle back and not do the pickle part. Yeah. He just wants whiskey. He just wants the back. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the music playing in the scene is horrendous. Oh, really? Was it, was it like a food I fight like, or song? It or changed like a bunch. Yeah. It was so bad. I liked the music. It added, well, you want this to be silent? It's like a yes. dive bar. Um, so the the scene, the first one at the dive bar is Toby and Dave kind of just pulling out their dicks at the bar, basically. And they're big. They're, they're <laughs> <laughs> pretty impressive yeah. on both counts. Really nice. I don't think either one of them has anything to be ashamed yeah. of. 
They're uh, they're button heads. They're uh, what? <laughs> Butting heads. Yeah. I thought you said they're button heads. I heard that too. Like a little button. Yeah, I was thinking of the dicks well, too. I- <laughs> <laughs> the button head. They're like two rams running at each other, but they just run dick first on each other, and you just hear a loud clack. Yeah, so it's a button head instead of butting head. Yeah. And Dave, uh, Doug, not Dave, Doug mentions that. Spend the next 15 months being asked why. Then, when he does, it's going to be because he had to. There are moments, and when they're missed. I've done this before. Like Haiti. Don't talk about military strategy in a conversation like this. I'm just saying, if the table had been set right and he'd been able to invade. You want to speak up? I'm not sure the entire White House press corps heard you. I guess this is foreshadowing. I think it's there to set up so that when they are like so explicitly anti-political about it later, they can look like the good guys and it sets Doug up to look like kind of an asshole. No, but also that like the way CJ fucks up later is by creating the impression that that was what their motivation was. Right. And there's a scene with Josh and Toby later too, where they're like, we need to do everything we can to make sure this doesn't look political. Um, They flash forward again, or sorry, I keep forgetting. They flash back again, mm. and it's Leo and Toby. They talk about where the first lady is. I was the first lady. You know, I think with everything on our plates, we don't need to be marriage counselors right now. No, we should, because you and I would be really good you know, at it. She's still working on that hangover up in the residence. Leo's not trying to have this conversation right. with anybody. Yeah, it's just kind of like inappropriate to be talking about or speculating about. And then Margaret comes in, and she has the haircut. So I was under the impression that she got the haircut in the intervening four weeks because she didn't have the haircut last season. Mm-hmm. But this is timeline Whoa. day of last season. Weird. And she's got oh, the haircut. We Weird. found a continuity Weird. I, think a, I think there's, unless she was like Maybe out. she got the haircut that night. Maybe she's got an in-house she just t- barber. She, they knew this big press conference was happening. Yeah. So she, Margaret just took the night off. <laughs> go, get a, go get an <laughs> expensive would. haircut. She would. So I think... I think she just like showed up on the first day of shooting and she had the haircut and they're like, we don't have a wig that looks like what you had before. So we're just going to roll with it down to the sit room. Uh, they're monitoring the rescue mission. Um, Leo and McNally kind of share a quiet moment. How you doing? Not bad. How about you? Not bad. Wish I could have been at the funeral. You had your hands full. I was proud of our boy. She says, I'm proud of our boy. Is the president Leo and McNally's son? <laughs> Is that what they're That implying? explains so much. Uh, McNally's explicitly political, right? She's the NSA, which is an appointed position. Mm. So she is like yeah. in in big Bartlett's pocket. Yeah, she's like the Steve Bannon of the Bartlett Well, she's the Michael Flynn. Oh, I thought, wait, I thought Bannon was national security advisor. No, Bannon yeah. was uh, chief of staff. No. That was chief of staff. No, he was like he was coach. Chief, he was coach chief of strategist. It uh, is amazing how hard road. it is to keep track of everything <laughs> in this administration. Look, one day some shit's. Gonna, I mean, all this shit's going to come out. I mean, it's all coming out now, but like we Gosh, don't know it all. Jared got his security clearance. I'm everything's so okay excited. now. One day we're gonna ha- we're gonna know what all these people's jobs are. <laughs> oh my god! One day, Kellyanne Conway is still around. I don't even know. She is. But she's not like she left or, or something. No, she's still there. Okay. She just doesn't go on TV anymore because everybody's like, making fun of her too much. <laughs> okay, that's what happened. I knew something changed. So there's a little bit of trouble. You know, they take a little bit of fire. I think like an engine is smoking or something, but they manage to get away and nothing major really happens. 
So it seems like rescue operation success. Like at first, it seems like maybe it's going to be a kind of like a Black Hawk Down situation, mm-hmm. but they only they took fire, they returned fire, and they uh, eliminated their target. They got away. So they flash forward, and there's like a kid playing like a video game of a helicopter crashing, which I thought was an interesting like, uh, yeah, fade to the future. Uh, CJ and Sam have a have a quick chat cj is reading like a pamphlet for john goff's mill um which is a real thing real person i used to be really into pamphlet culture <laughs> yeah i went through a mill phase my parents took me on a lot of like car trips yeah. so you stop at rest stops and stuff Hell yeah. and it's like the only interesting thing there is to go to like the big yeah. pamphlet wall and find out all the silly like local attractions loved the pamphlet wall yeah i still do that i would collect a pamphlet here and there yeah, there's one I used to really like. It was about like an onion farm. And it's like, Ugh. we grow the sweetest onions. And it has a kid like biting an onion like an apple. Medallias. Oh. Medallia. Have you ever had one directly? Oh, my God. That's a great pamphlet. You take a bite have right out of it? Have you bitten an uh, no. onion apple? No. I, I have. You have? Yeah. Is it good? It's like what you'd expect. You ever had it's an onion? Very yeah, oniony. It doesn't, onion. it doesn't taste Why like an apple. Why did you do you're that? You're not like, hur, hur. You know, you're like, all right, I, I won't do that again. Did you cry? <laughs> a little bit. But why Aww. did you do it in the first place? Jason. I just wanted to try it. I'll try anything. Get in the pamphlet seemed to like it. Wow. Yeah. I'll, I, I'll bite into anything. Sa- Sam is trying out some new lines for the speech, and it's all, I don't know, everything. Crap. Every, all their lines are like so in, in, unspecific. I seek re-election to the presidency not because of its glories, but because of its difficulties. We want to do better, not worse. It's like. Kodos just... and Krang from The Simpsons. The politics of failure have failed. We must move forward, not backward. Upward, not forward. And twirling, twirling towards freedom. <laughs> <laughs> That's everything that Toby and Sam ever write. Uh, there's uh, Toby and CJ after that. She's still talking about this guy, John Goff, uh, his, and his his grist mill. <laughs> What's a grist mill? Is this uh, like a, some... CJ foreshadowing she's got a lot of she's like starting out at the very episode she's confused she's like lost in a daydream the driver like has to like snap her to it later she's flustered now she's going through this pamphlet there's like there's a lot weighing on her when we find I don't know I don't know what this is indicative of but she's really into the pamphlet well it ends with her finally finished reading it and it's like under care of you know, the fourth grandson, the mill burned to the ground. And she's like, ah, oh, that sucks. Huh. And that's the end of it, which doesn't But she's like acting weird with, uh, with Toby. You know, she's like not answering his questions, throwing the ball. Uh, they're playing pool, uh, but she's just like throwing the balls into the pocket. Yeah. She's being weird. So there's a flashback CJ press conference. And this is kind of where they start kind of explaining what's going on with CJ. And most of the questions are about, like... I think the question was, was he physically and emotionally prepared to make a life-and-death decision after what he'd just been through? And CJ kind of tries to play it off, like... You've been through a TV interview and a press conference. The president finds you all annoying, but not prohibitively debilitating. Excuse me, the president had just announced an an elaborate plot to conceal a life-threatening illness from the American people. She's kind of, like, losing the room a little bit. There's Josh and Joey after that. They talk about the tobacco press release that Josh was going to give out last season, which was, like... This like incendiary letter aimed at the Congressional Appropriations Committee. Um, Josh says he wants to send it, and Joey says it's a really bad idea. And Josh is like, I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah, nobody seems to think it's a good idea. Everybody tells him it's a bad idea. And he's going to do it. Yeah, he's basically just looking for confirmation. Cut back to the CJ press conference again, and 
I think this is like the one good musical cue in this. This isn't the one where she kind of like like loses it later, but like. But she's beginning to lose it. Don't know or because, because I don't believe it has anything to do with the president's carrying away from public with the general public. Hang on. You need to be able to distinguish between the things we're supposed to know and the things we're supposed to know and you don't. The Pentagon briefing scheduled for three this afternoon. I'll keep you posted on the changes. Leo, talk to me, you know. Hmm? She's getting like super stressed out, obviously. She's like, you know, tugging on her collar, <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield mm -hmm. style. <laughs> And there's like this like acoustic like kind of sad song that comes up, and I think I think it's a good like they they switch to the view of a camera pointed at a TV to kind of make it like a weird video video effect. I thought that was like a nice little you know filmic thing. I've also got here that earlier on with the uh, discussion between the president and the first lady, they had great lightning cues. Just oh, they always lightninged and thundered at just the, the, the whole... perfect dramatic moment. I mean, yeah. I guess that's just like an obvious cliche, a dramatic <laughs> cliche, but they were just perfect. I it think felt the lighting right. in this whole episode has been really good. Like when they were in the mess hall um, and they're all sort of strategizing mm -hmm. about the pool, there's only one of the overhead lights lit. So it feel and there you could see the other ones that are like not lit around them, but it feels really like sort of cozy and very war room y. Like this is a new season, you know, they probably up their budget a little bit. Like it it seems like bigger sets, more sets. Mm -hmm. uh, every like the camera moves a little more than it typically does. I think they talk over each other at one point. Do they? Oh, yeah, the yeah. There's a salmon. Yeah, there's Toby. a walk and talk over. And then they're like, oh, let's yeah. not. And they say the same thing. Oh, right. Like, about Let's like, not do that again. Public liaison wrote up talking points two hours ago. Pull them. They're no good anymore. When are they going to have new ones? Public liaison? Yeah. Half an hour. 15 minutes. And we got to call the network and get, get them on our people on their broadcast tonight. I actually laughed out loud, though, when that happened. There's a flash forward. Toby and CJ. Toby brings up that CJ had talked to Leo about potentially resigning over something that we don't know yet. So we end up finding out later in the episode and she doesn't really want to talk about it. And this is where she like just kind of like starts defiantly rolling the pool balls into the pockets, like with her hand. That's Ag how I play pool Against too. the rules. Don't <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, that is not <laughs> standard. I thought it would have been really funny if they'd lingered on that and he kept being like, no, really, what's wrong though? And she just like rolls another one and just keep doing it like over and over for like all 15 balls on the table. <laughs> Wait, did we find out? I wasn't clear on what he was talking about. Yeah, it's the thing at the end. Because yeah. this is this is part of the timeline confusion for me. So she's already gaffed at this point? Yeah. Yeah, this is in the future. She gaffs like next day. Well, it's like everything, I, everything like parked outside of Air Force One and bar and ranch Give me a time card. Don't expect me to be like smart and just ought to put it together. Oh, obviously, because they're wearing the same clothes and they're talking about this. I mean, if they're going to do that, don't have characters have new haircuts in the old timeline. Yeah, Margaret. <laughs> and draw attention to it. Yeah. Margarine. <laughs> it's one of the most popular baby names for 2018. So there's a lot of pool in this episode. I want to give a shout out to a new iOS video pool game Ooh. called pocket run pool pocket racket pocket run pool by mm. zach gage it's a very fun game zach gage is a very good game developer are we being sponsored <laughs> no but it's just good he makes the best he makes the best iphone games and he made a new one it came out this week but it's really called pocket pool pocket run pool okay you go you go on little pocket runs okay 
Get but it? pocket pool. Because, you know, you put a phone in your pocket, and the pool table has pockets. Everybody knows what pocket Did pool Did you guys have, like, one of those little mini pool sets growing up? Like a little tabletop one? Yeah, it's, like, tiny, though. Those you can't sucks. actually play. Those suck. You That's, like, a like, sharper image type thing. Yes, yes. I think I've played it at sharper image. <laughs> I, I was sitting in a massage chair <laughs> playing that. That's I honestly only can't remember if I owned one or if it was at Sharper Image because it feels like I owned it. But I also used to go in the Sharper Image every chance I could. Mm. Absolutely. It was one of the fun stores at the mall. I yeah, that and the other one that's the same store but with the different German name. Brookstone. That's it. When I was a kid, what? I would like tell my – when I was like of the age where like, I could be left alone, I would be like – I'm going to sit in this massage chair for like the next hour. You come back and get me when you're done shopping. <laughs> the decline of mall culture is tragic when you consider that tomorrow's kids will never have had their backs massaged while they played pocket pool. <laughs> in oh. a disgusting chair that like a thousand people have sat in mm. before them. Mm. What makes something a culture? Like every, everyone just uses culture for like anything. You know, that seems fine. Yeah, that tiny pool table culture. Microcultures. Yeah, microcultures. I mean, yeah, we there we had a mall culture, right? We had a mall culture growing up. Yeah. Was it a culture? Or was it just a thing people did? Yeah, that's the that's what we culture were, is. We that's what the culture means. Trend. Mall, mall culture was eighties was the peak of it. It was like central to Yeah, that's life. when I was born. Classic. Yeah. Classic decade. Like Tiffany. Ooh, I heard like pop stars used to like tour malls. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they don't do that no more. No. I don't know. Maybe. Mall's, Mall's got all like corporatized. They're all like Westfields now. Yes, they are. Or, that, or Simon. There's no, where's the independent mall? <laughs> <laughs> I used to spend most of my youth at malls, I think. Or like some version of Yeah, we used to go all the mall. time. You get, a, you get a bourbon chicken. You check out the... the you check out the sales section. You get a what? At Structure. <laughs> <laughs> Structure. Oh, my God. Paxson. Charlotte You get an Orange Rose. Julius. Oh, yeah. now we're talking some Aunt Annie's. There used to be an arcade right by the uh, right by the food court at the mall I used to go to. Play yeah. a little Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not bad. Not a bad way to kill a couple hours. Lids. Play with some underwater you get pennies. Get all your custom yeah. hats. Go to the piano store. <laughs> There's a piano store. That in your place mall? is always so creepy. Nobody's ever in there. Oh my god! Go to Bombay Company. Am I right? I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I mean, I used to like that store, but I was weird. <laughs> so then, uh, flashback. Oval Office is the next morning after the announcement. Um, it's a bunch of military people in there, and like Toby and Josh and Sam or something. They want to do a little bit of flexing on this Bazan guy. They want to. They, they're considering an Alpha Strike formation, which sounds sounds. Tough. I don't know. Um, it's the best formation. I don't really know. Like, this is like the thing that we do, like over important sporting events and other, like you know, the Daytona 500 will get up, the the Blue Angels flying over it. So I don't know why this is gonna like scare this guy into giving up this like coup op that he's got going. So and then we have that guy who looks like Matt Iglesias is back. He's like some state apart- department guy, and he brings up the options for doing some sanctions which they've tried before and don't really work so it kind of looks like some version of military options is kind of going to be required here uh all the military and state people leave it just leaves toby josh and the president uh this is where they talk about how they're concerned that this might look political if they kind of immediately go to a military solution because that's like a kind of a surefire way to get a bounce in poll numbers which still works like when trump did the like like showy Syria bombing. What's things. that about? 
What's there? What is what's going on there? Rally right? around the flag. I don't know. What is it with what? Why do people like that so much? What's up, guys? Why do you like the bombs? Right in. If you if you yeah. support President Trump for like two weeks after he bombed, what is something, up with that? That's weird. Let us, let us know what's shit, going on man. with that. Why is that good? <laughs> Why does that give you, you a bump? Like the film. So flash forward again. This is Toby and Charlie. Charlie comes up. Toby mentions that he's like writing in his head and he just rat- rattles off a paragraph of nonsense about what he's like thinking about writing um he's trying to coerce charlie into betting on pool he calls him chicken which you got to stand up for that you don't mm-hmm. want to be a chicken yeah the, you'll biff tan and technique <laughs> <laughs> is that a uh is that a real life thing or is that just a film trope chicken uh, what are you chicken a- a- anybody ever called you chicken no i don't get a lot of that i mean people said that to each other when i was like in elementary school but did they just get that from movies it's possible and it it throws you into a blind rage well you'll do whatever yeah 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 (laughs) how dare you call me chicken can i just say like chickens are awesome don't hate on them brave brave noble creatures what if i called you yellow wow yellow yeah that kind of language what if instead is that racist I don't know. Yeah, what are the origins of yellow? What is, I don't know. Well, can, you, what, can you use that in a sentence? They would say like, from uh, Back to the Future. what are you, yellow? Yeah, oh. that's, that's the thing that really throws uh, Marty into What's yellow-bellied? Same thing. It's a coward. Oh, okay. Yellow-bellied coward. You got it. Right? I don't know what Maybe that that's is. what yellow is. Has anyone seen that video online of that chicken the sex running video? to the mm. guy? Mm, never mind. No? <laughs> I've seen it. It's like it's so beautiful. It's like this the chicken. Friends with the... Yeah, remembers and then they this hug. guy, and every day it like comes running for him. And it, wow. it's one of those chickens that looks like a cat with the long fluffy hair, or wait, feathers. It's like a Clydesdale chicken. Look it up, <laughs> chicken and guy best friends. You're gonna cry. You're gonna laugh. So Charlie, running. I think, is obviously trying to hustle him here. He's like, I don't, I don't really play pool. You know, I don't really want to do it. And he's like, Come on, <laughs> play with me. He's like. Twenty dollars. No, no, Charlie's no. a hustler. Yeah. No, no, he wants to be hustled. He he wants to. He's luring him in. He he wants to be hustled by CJ. She's a shark too, right? She's really no, good CJ's at pool. never played. Oh no, I, I think she, she was, was serious about actually having never played. Oh, oh, okay. But yeah, Toby wants to bet on pool, mm-hmm. and Charlie's slow playing him. But they end up putting twenty dollars on the table, and they cut flashback. There's a scene with Babish and Charlie in the mural room. He talks about how Charlie needs a lawyer. Because it's going to cost like a hundred grand of lawyer fees that he's going to have as a result of this special prosecutor thing. He's going to ask you about everything you have seen and heard since you started working at the White House. I can answer those questions truthfully. Then he's going to call you back a month later and ask you the exact same questions. If your answers change even a little, they can prosecute you for perjury. Are you prepared to describe every conversation you ever had with the president? Whether he asked you for an aspirin, whether his hands quivered. Are you prepared to answer questions about your relationship with his youngest daughter? It's called a perjury trap, Eric. You're probably familiar with the term. It's when you get investigated by the FBI, which is also called spying. Witch hunt. Witch hunt. Witch hunter. Basically, they, the federal authorities try to catch you in a lie. They're going to ask you questions. Which they're is gonna bad. They're going to expect you to tell the truth. Because they're gonna they check want your... you to tell the truth to And they're going to check on what you say. Make yeah, sure later they'll true. try to find out if you were telling the truth. So what about having, this is Jason's question, what about having a lawyer makes you less susceptible to that? 
Um, they'll coach you. But are they going to remember everything you ever said? They'll get a transcript of everything you ever said. No, no. Or they are. But are they going to kind of jump in and not make you have to answer a thing because you already answered it? Yeah, like can, what? Can like, a lawyer be like, like? We've already so answered this question. If I already have a lawyer, I mean, if I have a lawyer, what's? But I get asked the same questions a bunch of times. The lawyer doesn't have. Presumably, lawyer. every like every lawyer doesn't have like photographic memory recall, et cetera. No, no. Look, so first of all, in a grand jury investigation, you're not even allowed to have your lawyer there. So basically, this is just a money play by Babish. Yeah, he's yeah. like, and, and he's a, trying to funnel and some money. As it turns way. out, I I have a l- yeah, law perfect firm. recommendation. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't know. The hundred thousand dollar thing seems a bit high because he's giving that quote. Like, if nothing goes wrong, it's going to cost you a hundred thousand. You know, how much do you think? Assuming you did nothing wrong, saw nothing wrong, and heard nothing wrong, about a hundred thousand dollars. So that's a little high. That scale of lawyers five six hundred an hour though, right? Dep- I mean, look, it depends what you need. I don't know if he really needs someone who's like you know. Hey, Giuliani's working for free. If you can get him, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I when you're when you're dealing with stuff like this, you just find everything in the public record. And then as the uh, investigators subpoena documents, you organize all those documents and make notes, do what you got to do. And then you coach the witness ahead of time. Because you presumably have some insight into the types of questions they'll ask. The you know, phrasings you know what they they're going to ask. Yeah, and you, you just practice with them. Like You sit them down, you spend hours right. grilling them, and you help them become comfortable answering these questions in a way that is perfectly in sync with whatever documents are available. Jason. They just tell you to say, I don't remember for most things. Right. Well, no, well, you, you also do the whole thing when you're coaching a witness where you're like, you know, what color is the other side of that fire hydrant? And then they're like, red. And do you know like, no. Do you know what time it is? Like he did. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is perjury trap the official name of what the FBI does to criminals? No. In okay. fact, most of the time, perjury is not enforced who came Only up with the word can't get any term else. perjury trap i've never who invented heard that, that term before i've heard it before did rudy giuliani invent it <laughs> that's like it's like it's a murder trap it's where they get you on the murder it's like well, that you, you did you did a thing but they caught you and you did it okay so flash forward again they cut to uh Charlie sinking the nine ball in the game of pool that he was playing and walking away with the $40. And so I'm thinking, is Charlie trying to raise $100,000 via pool sharking? <laughs> Which he, he needs some money. If he can like do the whole table in one all, turn. All off of Toby. <laughs> is, that, is, there a, is that like shooting the moon when you do the whole table in one turn? Sounds right. <laughs> Pocket sweep. Is there, there's got to be a name for that. All of these names you're saying are great. I think it's so. pocket sweep. Pocket yeah. sweep. Yeah. It's called balls deep. <laughs> <laughs> so Toby brings up the first lady. The president and the first lady. Toby. Sorry. Man. No. I can't do the job if he thinks he's got to send me out of the room every time. No, you're right. You know what? Look, it's a typical marriage. I've been there. Well, I haven't, but he's a president of the United States. So my guess is no, it's probably not a typical marriage. Which has got to be weird. You know, what does that Melania-Trump marriage look like? They're in love. Good grief. <laughs> Do you think they ever talk? Do they see each other? They sleep in the same bed? I think he makes her. They absolutely that. do not sleep in the same bed. You don't think so? No. They don't live in the same house if she can af- avoid it. 
Yeah, it took her like six months to move down to yeah. DC. They do not sleep in the same bed. They, here's, they absolutely have some sort of creepy, weird contract about what she has to do. She doesn't strike me as she's not like Machiavelli, and she's not. And people are like, "Oh, there's some you know house of cards." She's a mail order like, bride. No, <laughs> she is. She's a mail order. Oh, bride. I meant no to the Machiavellian thing. Yes to the mail order yeah. bride. So, do you think she just like things got away from her? She's like, I'm gonna marry they, this rich old guy. They were never. I'm gonna be like well, kind of yeah. famous. I don't think she ever planned to be the first lady. She might have thought she was like charming on first encounter in the way like nobody thought that. I don't know. Nobody ever thought that. It's probably just like so beyond like what she thought she was getting into at the beginning. She's yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to marry this guy for a few years. Like if you're coming from where, where is she from? Somewhere in Eastern Europe. Russia. Yeah. Russia. Slovenia. If you have like not such a great life and you come here and like you be Well, she here, came here as a model. Yeah, she, she didn't come here like. Right. No, no, I'm saying as a model, but her, her status here is probably based on like working yeah. right, and work visas and stuff. So, and being sponsored by someone. And then if you're presented with the opportunity to marry a, what you think is a millionaire or whatever. He's certainly a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, actually, um, there's. did you guys read that whole article about how he, there were many times where he was not a millionaire? <laughs> like he only had like right. a few hundred thousand dollars because of all the losses. Right. And he was like bankrupt a bunch and stuff. But um, in there he might not he's probably not even a billionaire and if he is a millionaire well, he, didn't, he didn't ever have a personal bankruptcy i don't think he just had corporate bankruptcies i'm just saying if you're melania and you're presented with the opportunity to marry a very wealthy person with a lot of status and he's working like six big macs a day so he's probably gonna die soon. yeah yeah and like <laughs> and it's mean, not like now you're a uh extremely public figure who has to like come up with like children's wellness programs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> Apparently I don't think she no assistance. That. And you come up with be best. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like uh, you know, if she can work or that mm-hmm. and then and if she doesn't there's always a chance she can go back to where she came from and like yeah. have a shitty life. I think you you would choose being like you know, the obedient wife of a millionaire so and then she has a kid i go back and forth on whether i should feel bad for her and i come down on no i should not yeah that feels right (laughs) i mean i feel bad for her a little because it seems like she's kind of stuck in this situation right if she i'm sure they have some sort of prenup that has very strong language in it and if she she probably can't if she leaves him like what is she gonna do at this definitely point, signed an NDA. Yeah, I, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, I'm sure she signed an NDA, and it's just like I think she's sort of stuck. And just hearing her speak, she doesn't seem that intelligent at all, and doesn't really like. She probably at this point is kind of brainwashed and not really think for herself. You know what I mean? I think she has more like Stockholm syndrome than anything mm. else. All right, that's okay. Deep dive into the yeah <laughs> Melania Trump brain workings. Still, flash forward. This is later in the night. Um, it's kind of like the bar is like winding down, but the the main core group is there, plus the the three new people. There's a classic Donna bit about stealing Josh's food. She's trying to eat all the things, offering his food to Connie, who also didn't think to. One of one of these women just order food. For order themselves. food, ladies. Nobody's it's on ju- the president. Nobody's gonna judge you. No, Leo comes and pays. Leo pops in, throws down a twenty, the little walks president. away. <laughs> little president. Bruno has an opinion that the speech is too negative. 
Our economy may be stronger, yet there are Americans who work longer for less pay and less dignity. Our crops may feed the world, yet there are children whose stomachs ache with the pain of hunger. Yes, it's midnight in America. It's pretty sappy. Yeah, this is the speech that Sam Rantobi wrote. Yeah. It's like very bad. Yeah, it's bad. And everyone seems to know it's bad. Right, because they, I think they, they have some like latent anger issues towards the president, so they're kind of like letting that seep into the writing. Maybe I mean I think they're doing, they're trying to frame the issues that they are meaning to address, but it, they're not being optimistic enough in the way they're talking about them. Is the critique that Bruno and then Doug both have? Leo comes up. Leo, I'm reading things that would make the cast of Up With People sit down on the floor and cry. We'll work tomorrow. What are you two doing here? We were tomorrow. Josh and Leo have a quick thing about the drug approval announcement, and Leo is going to bring up to the president about delaying the speech, possibly. Flashback. They have the poll results back that Joey had taken over the last day or so. It looks bad, but not all that bad. They're like just over the threshold of what they can come back from, it seems like. So they're optimistic on that. Uh, Sam has a line about like actually actually he hasn't apologized what do you mean I looked over the transcript and he hasn't apologized I don't know what to say what transcript did he go through? the interview uh, 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 uh. that he did the night before right We're and back. the press conference I guess yeah Josh then brings up the press release that he would like to do again what would you think about my leaking it to the subcommittee I wouldn't do it I'm doing it. Okay. Okay, so we're still flashback. Uh, CJ press conference. She's holding a briefing on the decisions that they made in the previous Oval Office scene about Haiti. Uh, the reporters are still focused on the MS stuff, though, so they keep trying to bring it back to, like, you know, did this affect his decision-making? Um, and one uh, reporter in particular, his name is Carl, I believe. Kind of a dick. Yeah, he played uh, Ellsworth on Deadwood. Ooh, uh, who, that's Ellsworth. He's yeah. a great character on that show, and he looks totally different in this, but he has that he has a really distinctive voice. Does this mean that the president can't afford to spend his own political capital right now by accepting mass numbers of refugees? And he asked like a series of questions that kind of get CJ to ramp up the answers and she ends up saying at the end Jay, would you say that the president's situation makes it harder for him to focus on the situation in haiti to be honest with you carl i think the president's relieved to be focusing on something that matters the whole like press room is like stunned and gas, silence the, gas. The, uh, yeah. the uh one of the like reporters who we see a lot is kind of like is looking around really confused what um cj then she seems just like so like tired and like can't even like come up with a good rationale like what she meant to say obviously what i meant to say was excuse me did you just say he was relieved obviously what i mean seems like she didn't even like say anything else in the room even yeah she just called it yeah and toby's in the background and looks shocked and goes around meets to like kind of catch her as she's leaving sam comes running up he's pissed off too he's relieved he might have to put american lives at risk and kill haitian civilians because it takes his mind off having lied to the electorate just just don't say anything for it just don't say anything for damn it and gives like a really amazing mm. yeah. performance here yeah she screams damn it and hits the wall or something this is 
something that bothers me about the show sometimes is that when CJ messes up, which is rare, she always knows when she messes up. And Toby and Sam or Josh are always there to tell her off about it. And it's like, know that she knows, you know? She knew the second it happened. I I did um, wonder for a bit, is this how... Sarah Huck does Sarah Huckabee Sanders feel this way? No. She forgets that she was ever in the briefing room the second she walks does out. Does she it, leave the door and like cry because she said the wrong thing and she's really stressed out and her job is really tough? She probably eats a hamburger every time she gets on stage. She just goes, yeah. And before she gets on stage. That's like what you have to do in that White House. So you that Everyone blood. needs to eat a hamburger before they do anything. A McDonald's hamburger. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh there's a scene with Joey and Leo that's really quick. Um where Joey's trying to go above Josh's head to get this uh, tobacco press release to not go out. Leo then talks to all the dudes, our, our normal main core staff people. The dudes. What happened? She was asked if the president's situation makes it harder for him to focus on Haiti. Asked, what did she say? She said the president's relieved to be focusing on something that matters. Relieved? CJ doesn't misspeak. She just did. If she misspoke, then why didn't she clean it up in the briefing room? I mean, come to think of it, why didn't she clean it up in the briefing? Sam tries to cover for cj a little he actually is tired leo we all are well why don't we go with that sam let's go out and say we're all tired the president's tired complications due to ms we can't just say the president's tired you know it's... that's the one thing like we can't say now right and sam then snaps back at leo we haven't had much time. you had a week how much time do you need some of us have had more time than others that back Ooh. <laughs> uh, snaps on snaps on snaps everybody's like tensions are really high here so like the euphoria of the the post announcement thing has totally gone. They flash forward and they're finally at the farm in Manchester. This is like the president's house. Is this why they're in Manchester? Because that's it's the, where they're going to announce it. Like you because know, that's go where back, the president his hometown lives. And, yeah, and New Hampshire is like a swing state too. Right. So it's okay. It kind of works politically, but you know, it's it's a natural place for him to announce it. Like Obama announced his candidacy in Chicago, and right. I love this uh, this scene, this last scene. Yeah, the the president's. Uh, Totally casual, just sitting on the back of his old pickup truck, blasting a cig, yeah. looking cool. Sig blasting. Presumably it, been there for hours. <laughs> well, the, it, it, we've had an entire episode of everybody in the White House just freaking out. Either they're all wet, or they're saying the wrong things. They're yeah. su- they're sweating. They're 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 they just don't know what's going on. And presidents just sig blasting. Cool. Yeah, he, he looks calm, at peace. He he's makes in uh, you know he's told about what's going on. He makes quick decisions doesn't seem flustered yeah. why don't we consider postponing the speech it gives me to the right let's the press write a process story right out of the gate the bartlett campaign is pandering and bumbling and performing abortions in the rose garden screw it and screw anybody who writes that story plus i have a hunch the first round of subpoenas will be handed down this week you have a hunch Look, of course I mean, the first round of subpoenas will be handed down this week if we announce in two weeks that's when the first round of subpoenas will be handed down Screw it. It's game time. Let's go. Leo also has a an inkling that the subpoenas are going to drop on the day that they announce. And he says, if we wait two weeks, they're going to wait two weeks to do that, too. So this like strategy of like appointing Republicans to do this seems to be backfiring, that they're like t- <laughs> politically timing the subpoenas. But the president doesn't care. He says, let's go for it. And then he kind of reassures Leo. Leo. Yes, sir. I'm running for re-election. I'm going to win. And they have a nice little crane shot up over the president's uh, field, the nice piece of property that he has, and there's a bunch of cows, and there's a lake. It looks like it looks nice. Good place. 
I probably shitty in the winter though. In this scene, mm. before he convinced him to like postpone the speech, we we're gonna have a real like let Bartlett be Bartlett moment, and then he was like, "No, okay, I'll just do whatever you say." And I was just like, "Oh, okay." Leo is kind of resigned. Do you think? Well, I think they both like both. I mean, it's like we're, they're charging forward to like run again, and then yeah, like, I mean, we get that next episode. Yeah, there's. Yeah, because he hasn't actually given the speech yet. And I know. So the, he has to, but this is, you know, the n- nadir of this. But the president right. is, like, calm and ex- yeah. positive. Well, it seems like the president was like, like, fuck him. I'll just, like, do whatever I want. Doesn't matter. Credits. And they picked a, the worst shot. There's, like, use one of the nature shots. That's but, what like, I They put Josh and Toby in the Oval Office, yeah. like, use standing in front of the desk. Yeah, the use beautiful the, farm. Yeah, you had a crane shot in this one. Use it. Yeah. Um, or something in the bar, maybe. I thought all those shots of like the um, the pool table were really cool. <laughs> they had a lot of like out of focus pool balls in the front, and, like people <laughs> in the background shooting, like with the ball, the ball coming towards the camera. There was all kinds of good shots in this, but um, they picked a bad one. Uh, anyway, so that's the episode. Uh, and they used they bring back the music, so we didn't get it last week, but we got it this week. So how about some headlines? Anybody got headlines? I got a few. Oh, I did. I did one fake headline. What's that? I said. Sex pill shock. That was it. That's what I did. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure, but it, it bothered me in this episode how everybody was like bothered by the RU four eighty six. Well, they they. But then the, the president Josh wasn't. Put, the, the president was Josh like, "But it was. We're all for it, just not Monday." But right. they were more. They were more worried about the Christian rights. Fuck them. Uh, and then I think I liked the president's or what Bartlett said. Like fuck them. They're. Gonna, it shows how. F- far that the politics of that issue have come because now like like ireland which had like the most restrictive version of that and like the western world like it was like two-thirds majority <laughs> voted to get rid of it mm-hmm. so 20 years goes a long way um okay so i had unrelievable <laughs> bartlett relieved <laughs> to send troops into haiti <laughs> and i relieve is in single quotes yeah you know, yeah yeah nice nice anybody um i wrote one during this episode ms gate <laughs> mm-hmm. just to pretty good on, mm-hmm. on theme. so um i had there's this new staff coming on right and they're all um there's all these new ca- these new faces that like kind of need usually get a pl- you get a profile written about any yeah. new person you know the mooch got a bunch of profiles sure. written about him so there's three new people they're all conflicted with the entrenched staff you know yeah. there's like infighting yeah. in the bartlett campaign there's bruno there's doug and there's connie so i had bruno spars Bruno Spars, though at the time, nobody would have gotten the joke. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been ahead of the time. Yeah. Bruno Spars. Um, so Doug, Doug of War. Mm. Doug and Toby, you know, going at yeah, he- it. And then Connie Wynn, question mark. Con- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I got. <laughs> I see where you're going. Yeah, they're all bad. Uh, Unrelievable is pretty good. Yeah, yes, I, I was, was thinking really I wanted a riff off or leave. So we uh, I don't think we have to do totally final thoughts here but what did you what did you cuz it's a two-parter so like let's kind of save that for how the whole thing works together but um what did y'all think of this episode hated so it. far <laughs> you hated it hated, I hated it it was like a little you hated boring it? really yeah and confusing I'm making a Haiti joke but also I, I did hate it yeah I was confused like I said I was confused by the timeline yeah. but I'm glad to be back <laughs> It was nice to be back with our storyline. Like, yeah. It feels like they forced this into a two-parter so that they could do this fun timeline thing because they were like, let's like do something different when really... They, they like the 
timeline shifting on the season premieres because yes. they did it last season premiere too yeah i i just it feels forced this time and like somehow extra confusing even though i've seen this before like a million times and then aha it just felt like it the timeline shift was used to make what is sort of like not that much happened like interesting like basically they just introduced the haiti thing they introduced these new people mm-hmm. uh introduced the conflict with them well, they didn't even introduce the haiti thing that's right. just continuation. It's just like a mention of it and then introducing these new people. And like, yeah, it's like, ra- like wrap up the cliffhanger that was not right. really a cliffhanger. Like, it would have been so hilarious if they were just like, and we're and not like are you going to run for president? He's like, no, I'm not. Nope. Yeah. Doodly that's the end show. of this show. <laughs> Doodly do. That's it. It's a five minute episode. Yeah. Um, and they're like, well, and then it's just everyone packing their bags up. But um, no, I just thought it was like that. Uh, sort of plot device of the time shift was used to make something that is not that interesting more interesting and really they just should have done one whole episode of what part one and part two is I think it could have been compressed yeah like do an extra long episode of all of it don't do the time shift and then just have because it feels like a lot all the build up they kind of do this sometimes though where it's just like a build-up episode and nothing actually happens and then the next episode is the big payoff but i feel like that's just kind of a shitty device to get people to tune in next week it seems like the whole timeline thing was to set up the cj like Leo said what you're thinking of doing. Like, what did mm-hmm. CJ do? Like, like what could have possibly been so bad? And it's not, it's bad. It's like, what she said is like, certainly would have gotten coverage and would have been a political problem, but it's not like, lose your job bad, it's, it doesn't seem they're like. They're making like a lot out of not that much. Like the, the FDA thing, we didn't find out what the actual FDA announcement was until like pretty far into the episode when they already arrive in Manchester and then Josh is talking to Donna about it. Like they even hold that little detail out. Like, we're like, what is it? What is the big announcement that they're so afraid of? And then it's like, okay, all right, whatever. It's this drug, like fine. Yeah. But it's, they're trying to make a lot of drama out of things that are not that big of a deal. I think I liked it. Yeah. I I like this one too. I think it's, I, I like anytime they get out of the white house just as a, yeah. general thing like it looked this episode looked really good and it flowed really well but, it did look really nice um i kind of get what you're saying with the timeline things like i i've followed along but like it's a i guess i kind of see what you're saying with like it's hard to tell like which exact plot line is happening at any given moment and yeah. it's it's intentionally it's 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 a trick it's like the the cliffhanger from last season is this like nuanced moment by moment build up to this climactic moment and they don't know what to do to like tell you what happens moment to moment after that climactic moment. So they tell you what's going on a month later so that then when they tell you what happened like 24 hours after that climactic moment, you feel like you're they're like making amends, but not really. I was a little confused by the by the CJ. It's just seen as well. Like, writing. Well, it's so lazy. What, totally. Did she say she was going to resign over it? Is she that told what... Leo that. And so that's what Toby was. She told Leo that? She... Did, did we see that? No, uh, Toby said, Leo told me what you yeah, they never brought But he up. didn't say that you were going to resign. He did, did say he? that. Oh, yeah. he did. I think the press strategy and stuff around like the crisis handling is could have been really interesting. And they just totally skipped it of like, he spent the last month like resolving this like political crisis yeah, and like that's an interesting thing to cover it's exactly yeah. what josh says josh goes if we 
do this with our press strategy, then they're just going to turn it into a process story instead of it being about our policies. And it's like, well, you turn the whole fucking episode into a process story instead of it being about policy, right? Like this show is interesting when it's like showing you how complicated it is for these people to actually do something good for the public because of all these hurdles they have to overcome. But they're sort of like they have an idea of what they're doing. I sort of got and here Bartlett, you have no idea what they're doing. Bartlett hasn't done anything good. Has he? Did he do anything good? What, and like in the past month or ever? In the world. Well, they said in this episode. It seems like he's done a lot of good things that we don't know about. Right? Do you that, want me to play yeah, the, the speech the... of him yelling at God, listing all of his accomplishments? <laughs> <laughs> um, you get Hoynes. I don't want to see Hoynes. He's Hoynes already thought he was going to be the president. Yeah, that would have been a really ticket. good scene. Yeah. And then they don't even talk about of, of like the president and Hoynes in a room together of like, so like, fuck you, dude. What? happened yeah that would have been great or like a couple um you know some senators going kind of rogue again like democratic senators going rogue and josh having to like flex on them a little would have been like super interesting and i want to see don't bring on bruno and his team because like they just need extra help what a lame idea instead bring bruno on because the party is requiring that they do that which is probably that would what be what really happened yeah which would make the like resentful staff because like the way it's presented is like this is you guys's idea that we're here so like why are you so mad at us where if it's like if it's forced upon them it's a little more interesting more yeah it's like this is the team from like you know corporate yeah that's coming to replace our guys yeah yeah there's so much good material in there like you were saying that they just breeze over it's that first scene with leo and bruno they like cover what could have been a whole season yeah exactly and so i i feel like but I will say, visually, this episode is very beautiful, I mm-hmm. think. And the lighting All the stuff is, in the bar looks killer. Yeah, the bar is great. The The mess hall room is great. Like, the farm is obviously amazing. And all of the rainy, wet <laughs> White House stuff is really nice to look at. This is a really good laying in bed on a rainy day, which is what I did watch this <laughs> episode. Because <laughs> it's sort of slow and, you know... Don't have to pay attention too hard to it, but overall, like yeah, a lot of story, a lot of music used to yeah, comparatively. A lot of good there's music. like pop music in it. Yeah, also like there, no one does anything cool, right? Like no one comes up with like, Charlie a, hustles Toby. Right. Well, that's all, cool. All of the things that are cool to make the characters likable are just such bad, like sort of over masculine cliches. Like someone ordered a strong drink, someone like ran the table, you know, and it's like. In everything else that they're supposed to be doing, which is, I don't know, like being on the president's staff, everyone is just totally inept and isn't doing a good job at anything. And even Joey usually comes in like as the competent person to kind of chastise everyone. You know, things are also going wrong for her, too. So it almost seems like an intentional choice to make everyone not be functional. It's sort of... um because every, they're trying to show that everyone is, has been like run ragged for four weeks straight and has barely slept and they're exhausted and overworked and just trying to like keep ahead of everything while also catching up. So I think that is conveyed really well in this episode that everyone's at the end of their rope, sort of. But um, I want to know like what happened between CJ messing up to four weeks later, CJ saying she wants to resign. Like what transpired in four weeks to make her come to that conclusion you know there's just a lot yeah i've I've, meat i assume there's a little bit more flashback but i think most of the next episode is in real time in the new timeline yeah so so you don't think sarah huckabee sanders feels bad about her (laughs) uh terrible press conferences that she gives every day her entire job is 
what can I do to just like outspin all of these people who are just trying to like gotcha me? I think she feels bad when she does not successfully like make fun of the press. I don't think she feels bad about like the things that we all get mad at her about. I think she feels bad when she like as she looks like an idiot. Yeah. And like it's Trump that Trump yells at her. Yeah. Then she would feel bad, but it's only because she was like not as terrible as she wanted to be. She wasn't terrible enough. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay, that's all I got to say about this. And we can kind of summarize the whole flow of it as in part two and get a kind of a broader take yeah. on it. I look forward to hearing that speech. So, um, again, smash that button, fam. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> Subscribe or send it to people. Write an iTunes review if you got time. It's really fast. Add us on Yelp. Let us know you're out there. Snapchat us. Fucking hash, use our hashtags. Yes, please use all of our Fucking hashtags. Fucking send us a poke on Facebook. <laughs> Do a, I, a fucking, what other websites are there? And adjust your privacy settings, everybody. G- oh, yeah. yeah, we are GDPR compliant, so uh, we, we will be sending the email out shortly. Thank you really? for listening. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we uh, don't do email. I like his son, fucking Friendster. All right, so thanks for listening. Uh, Have a good one. Good night. Top crime could have meat. I'm your choice. I want to be elected. I'm Yankee Doodle Dandy in a gold Rolls Royce. Bye.